What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost Lifting Talk. Today's going to be another Q&A episode. I haven't done one of these in a minute, so I figured it was time to bust one out. I've been getting a few questions from some of you who have been listening or if you're on my newsletter through TikTok, through Instagram, and a different couple places. So the questions are starting to fill up, so I figured we better start tackling them. As always, if you guys do have questions about your own journey, if you're struggling with something, if you're plateaued or you're just wondering or confused about anything with your training, nutrition, or anything like that, you're always more than welcome to use the link down below, shoot me a message and ask me those questions. I'm happy to answer for them for you if I feel like they're questions that will help other people as well. A lot of the times I'll bring those onto the podcast and answer them here because chances are if you're struggling with something, there's probably somebody else out there that's struggling with something too. So that's what exactly what we're going to get into. As always, if you guys find value in this episode, I'd be super appreciative if you could take a screenshot, put it on your IG story and tag me in it so that I can repost it on mine and I'll send you a message for personally thanking you for doing so as well, just so that others know that you're finding value here and they potentially might find value here too. So I really appreciate that. Or if you just know somebody that is starting their own fitness journey, if they're struggling, if they need help or they need guidance, just share this podcast with them and um, it might help them. This podcast is amazing for beginners to intermediates who are just getting into training and nutrition and want to train their, change their body composition. It's something that I wish that I had when I very first began as well because it would have helped me save a whole lot of time as I began with all of the dumb mistakes that I made when I started and the dumb mistakes that a lot of us make when we start. It'd be nice if we just had a blueprint as we got started. And that is the purpose and the goal with this podcast is to help those type of people so they can start out, hit the ground running and start creating the results that they actually want. So share this with somebody that you know that might need that type of help and I would greatly appreciate that as well. So really all that I've got, let's just hop into today's Q&A. All right, question numero uno comes from Samantha from my newsletter. She says, can you touch on the topic of thyroid issues and how they relate to exercise and nutrition? I have hypothyroidism and I'd like to know how I can work with that and find a good balance. Thank you. That is a very good question. And so some of you are probably wondering what hypothyroidism is. Basically, it's a disease or diagnosis that slows down your thyroid and your thyroid controls your metabolism and your energy systems. So if that's being slowed down, your metabolism isn't running at an optimal rate necessarily, meaning that it's going to be a lot easier to gain weight. You could be eating 1,500 calories, 2,000 calories, which for most of us is not a calorie surplus, but if our thyroid is having issues that can our metabolism could be burning far less calories due to a low thyroid meaning we're going to gain weight because our metabolism isn't as burning as many calories as a normal healthy individual's metabolism would so it can be something that is very very frustrating for a lot of people mainly it's women there's i think it's five percent of the population um, is diagnosed with hypothyroidism. And then one in five women over the age of 60 end up getting it. So it is something that's common and it is something that happens with a lot of people and it can be extremely frustrating. But first and foremost, before I go and give you any advice or anything like that, 
consult your doctor, right? Obviously, I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to give you health advice with with health issues and things like that. I'm here to help you with your nutrition, help you get healthier in the fact of changing your body composition with exercise and through nutrition. But when you have serious diagnoses like this, always consult your doctor and take their advice very first. So that's where I would begin. Obviously, that's the responsible answer to give you. And with that, if you can get treated for hypothyroidism, which you can, there are treatments out there that can fix the issue. You always have to be on the medication, obviously, or at least drastically improve the issue. So if you can get on something to on a medication to help with this, it can drastically improve your situation so you don't have to live with it and just gain a lot of weight from hardly eating anything, which is a big relief, right? There, it's it's a blessing that we have medications to help with this. So you definitely should be, in my opinion, be utilizing those medications because it can basically fix the problem for you or at least make it a lot better. It just comes down to always having to take the medication, obviously, which can be a little bit inconvenient. It's not something that we all want to do, but for a serious issue like this, a serious health issue that this could lead, turn into over time, I strongly suggest going to the doctor and getting put on, put on some sort of a medication. I've actually worked with a few females who were on the medication, had hypo, hypothyroidism, that's a hard word to say, but they're diagnosed with it, they get on the medications and with paying attention to their nutrition, to their training and fixing certain things in their lifestyle, they can actually make great progress, lose the weight that they've gained and different things like that. So it's not that if you have it, you have no chance of ever losing weight because your metabolism isn't working at a fast enough pace. If you get on the treatments, you can definitely speed up your metabolism and at least help your thyroid so that you don't have to live with the issue of always gaining unnecessary weight that isn't necessarily your fault. So that's first and foremost. But as far as that goes, there are going to be cases where you are you have a lot less energy due to the thyroid issue. So first and foremost, I would always suggest strength training. That's just going to help with our metabolism as a whole. Um, it's good for our mind. It's good for our body. Having more muscle means a faster metabolism, which is going to help with hypothyroidism. So I would always suggest some form of strength training and some sort of activity. But with that, energy levels can be lower if you're diagnosed with hypothyroidism. So you need to just understand to not be too hard on yourself. Meaning, if you have days where you're super low on energy, you're dragging really bad, don't be extremely hard on yourself and think you just always have to push through. You have a condition, so it's okay to auto-regulate. If you have days where energy is lower, to not work out so hard. And then the days where your energy is high, then really take advantage of those days. But you will have swings in energy a little bit more often from the few people that I've worked with and the research that I've done. This is what I've found. So don't be too hard on yourself. If you have scheduled workouts and you're just not really feeling it whatsoever, the answer probably isn't always just to power through. Just be smart is basically what I'm saying. And then as far as your nutrition goes, you just want to make sure that you're eating a balanced diet, obviously focused on eating a lot of healthy whole foods that are dense in micronutrients. These are going to help just keep you healthier as a whole, as in with all of your other hormone functions, as well as Whole foods generally are lower calorie for higher volumes, meaning you're going to be able to stay fuller longer. And if you're having issues with your metabolism being slowed down, we want to be 
limiting calories as much as possible. That doesn't mean that, that you should be eating super low calorie. We just want to be mindful of our calorie intake every single day. So focusing the majority of your foods on whole foods um, and limiting like processed foods, a lot of high calorie, lower volume foods aren't going to make as much sense. Usually I'm pretty flexible with this, but if somebody has hypothyroidism, I would be a little bit more pushy to push whole foods as the majority, maybe up to 90, 95% of your intake should come from foods that are high in micronutrients just to support all of that. So 90, 95% whole foods, five, maybe 10% of processed sugary foods, but a big emphasis on making sure that the majority of your diet is very, very healthy just because it's going to help you eat a little bit lower calorie and stay fuller. And a couple other things for you as far as that goes, limit your soy intake just simply because they have found that with the medications that the doctors will put you on, if you have a high soy intake, it actually slows down the digestion of the medication, which can mess with your hormones and not make the medication as efficient or work as good. So limit your soy intake. I would try not to, to consume very much soy if you're on the medication just because it can slow down the effectiveness of that medication and being more smart with your fiber. Now, fiber is a very important part of your diet. You don't want to completely restrict fiber, but what they found is when you're taking the medication for hypothyroidism is that you want to make sure that you're not consuming fiber around a two to three our window of consuming the medication because fiber does not absorb in your body. It just works through your body to help regulate digestion. So if you're eating a lot of fiber around the times that you're taking that medication, the medication is just going to work through you and not digest either. So I'm not saying you shouldn't have fiber at all, but I would just be mindful of when you're consuming high fibrous type meals and make sure that it's not within a two to three hour window of the times when you're taking your medication to make sure that the medication can work to aid your thyroid as well as speed up your metabolism so that you can live a more healthy, um, a healthy lifestyle and not have to deal with the effects of having such a low metabolism with something that's out of your control. So those are the biggest things. I just wouldn't push it too hard inside of the gym. I would make sure you're strength training two to four times per week, probably being active, getting in a good amount of steps every day, 8,000, 10,000 steps. I wouldn't change everything you're doing just because you have hypothyroidism. I would just be more mindful. I would make sure that you're medicated and I would make sure that you aren't too hard on yourself. Again, you're going to have days where you're lower energy. You're going to, maybe you've gained some weight and it wasn't your fault. It's just simply because your thyroid's been out of whack and you can't be too hard on yourself with those types of things. You just got to, unfortunately, deal with the circumstances that you've been given and control what you can control. And last but not least, I just want to hurry and touch on, if you are being treated for hypothyroidism and the doctors say that everything's regulated, your thyroid's in a good place, everything's going well, but you're having a hard time losing weight, well, then you can't necessarily blame it on the thyroid for the reason that you aren't losing weight. That's when we would want to look at your lifestyle a little bit more, control calories a little bit better, control your exercise a little bit more, and get more consistent in that fact, change some lifestyle habits to help you be able to make progress with your body composition. Because if you have hypothyroidism, but you are... Be, but you are being treated and all of your levels are good and you're at a healthy rate from the medications that you're taking, but you still can't lose weight. Well, at that point, it's not the hypothyroidism issue for the reason that you're not losing weight. Then it comes down to a lifestyle issue. We have to look at it like that. I've dealt with people in the past too, to where we've had to have those hard conversations where they just want to blame everything on the diagnostic that they've been given 
But if that's being treated and your metabolism's at a good spot, your thyroid's at a good spot due to the medications that you're on, then it comes down to a lifestyle, making sure that you're paying attention to your calorie intake, creating a calorie deficit, eating enough protein every single day, and making sure you're consistent with your exercise over a really long amount of time. And as long as the thyroid is in a good spot, you will be able to lose weight. But if you're still blaming it on the thyroid, but the medication is doing its job, it's probably a lifestyle factor where you have to dig into how consistent you're being, how adherent you're being, and make adjustments there to create the progress that you want to. I just want to add that at the end. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be hard on you or anything like that and say that you just can't blame the diagnostic that you've been given because that's a super tough thing to have to go through. But at the same time, if you are being treated and you're not able to change your body, it comes down to mostly the lifestyle situation. So first and foremost, get treated, get medicated, and then work on the lifestyle factors. All right, the next question comes from Connie. She asks, hi, Chaz. I actually am pretty proud of the fact that I have been good at taking direction taking direction and keeping to a plan. I haven't per se lost real weight and I haven't gained. I have lost inches and maybe that's where I need to be. However, my question would be, when do you know to take a step back into maintenance? How long do you generally suggest someone stay at a calorie deficit? Even if I'm doing well, I feel I may need to boost something because it is feeling too routine. Does that make sense? Or is it good to feel settled into a routine? First off, I think, Connie, you found me through TikTok a while back and we had conversations through, um, through email for a while. So... It sounds like you're sticking to the plan and everything that we talked about as far as getting into a deficit, being consistent, and doing some strength training. So that is absolutely amazing. Good for you. So when it comes to your question, when should you go back to a maintenance, this is going to be very dependent on your circumstances, how much progress you've made, and how long you've been in a deficit as well as where all of your biofeedback is at on a week-to-week basis. So First and foremost, if you haven't lost really any weight yet, but you have lost some inches, I would first, and it depends on how long you've been going at this, but that does not mean that it's time to go back to a maintenance mode. All that maintenance is, is just upping calories back to your maintenance level where you're eating the same amount of calories every single day as what you are burning so that your body just maintains. You're not going to make progress at maintenance. Maintenance is usually needed to bring hormone levels back, to push your metabolism back up, just to become healthier overall after a calorie deficit because a calorie deficit is a stress to the body. It slows down the metabolism. It slows down the hormones. It messes with your hunger levels. Your energy levels get really low. So it is important to make sure we're including maintenance phases throughout a uh, journey. Absolutely. But if I, we've only talked, I think it's been like maybe like a month, maybe month, two months. If you haven't lost any weight yet, but you have lost some inches, that is amazing. But at the same time, you, you haven't been going for long enough to necessarily need to go back to a maintenance. I don't like to push somebody back up into a maintenance until it's been somewhere between three to I'll even push that to six months a lot of the time and let somebody be in a deficit, depending on how much weight they have to lose. And But it comes down to how their biofeedback is. If you are extremely hungry, if you are getting really poor workouts because your energy levels are very low, if your sleep has gone to crap, if you're very food focused, you can never get full and progress is slowing down and you're not losing any weight, then it is time to probably bring calories back up to a maintenance. But let's say you're not very hungry yet, your energy levels are just fine, 
your sleep is just fine, your stress levels are just fine, you're not thinking about food that much and things just feel comfortable, but you're not losing weight, well, that's a very good indicator that we could drop calories a little bit lower to push progress along a little bit faster. Now, hopefully that makes sense. If your biofeedback was all negative, that would mean it's time to push back up to a maintenance. If your biofeedback is all positive, but you aren't making progress and you're not losing weight necessarily, then it means it probably means you can push calories a little bit lower to continue progress. And so once biofeedback starts to go negative when in a deficit, then it's time to come back to a maintenance phase. If biofeedback is all extremely positive, things are going well, you're not feeling overly hungry, you're not overly stressed, you are are have a lot of energy, your training is going really well still, and you're not losing weight, well, we can just simply keep dropping calories because your body's in, still in a healthy enough position to drop calories to keep making progress. But if biofeedback was all back and we went was all bad and then we went to drop calories even lower, then you're in a position to where biofeedback is just going to get even worse and then you create an unsustainable result because you're pushing too hard and don't give your body the time and recovery that it needs to create a sustainable result. So in your situation right now, that's what you need to ask yourself. How hungry do you feel? How is your sleep? How are your stress levels? How is your energy? How are your energy levels and how are you feeling overall? Are you always thinking about food or if you're just in a routine and things are going really, really well for you, like you mentioned, you're in a comfortable routine, but you're not progressing and you feel great, well, then just drop calories a little bit lower and that should push progress along a little bit more. There's no need for you to go back to a maintenance level necessarily. So let your body tell you when it's time. When biofeedback is bad and you're not progressing anymore, then it's probably time to come back up to a maintenance. But if biofeedback is all spot on, you feel amazing, but you're not progressing anymore, then it means you can probably drop calories a little bit or add a little bit more activity in the form of adding an extra day of workouts, adding in extra steps per day, or adding in a little bit of extra cardio per day because you can push that stress factor a little bit farther because it's not negatively impacting you Um, that much to where you can get a little bit more out of what you're doing. So hopefully that makes sense. Usually that will take anywhere from three to six months. It can go even a little bit longer if you have a lot of weight to lose. But that's a great question because you do want to be periodizing your calorie intake over the year. You don't always want to be in a calorie deficit. So this is a great take-home lesson for everyone. If biofeedback is getting really bad, you're always hungry, and you're staying in a deficit, you're consistent with it, it's probably a good idea to come back up to maintenance and rest at maintenance for one, two, three months or however long you're in that deficit for is a good amount of time to stay at maintenance to let your body recover. But if you're not making progress, but you feel great, all your biofeedback is amazing. Well, then you can push the envelope a little bit harder to keep making progress within your body composition. And that way you're going to always be on top of your recovery and you're making a sustainable result without ever running your body completely into the ground. And the last question. I found you on TikTok and I have a question. I saw you posted a testimony about a woman who did a lot of food restrictions and cardio, but switched to weights instead for fat loss. Now I like to run particular interval and endurance runs. I wouldn't say I do it for weight loss, but more for my mental health. I'm trying to improve in this area, but I am also interested in weight training, but don't know how to find a balance with both or what kind of weight program I should use. Any suggestions or thoughts? 
That's a great question. So you saw me post about somebody who was doing a lot of food restriction and was doing a bunch of cardio and wasn't getting the result that they wanted, but then they switched to strength training and more of a balanced approach with their diet and started to make steady progress. That's what you're referring to, I believe, probably an old Instagram post or something that I was doing on TikTok or in my newsletter or something like that. But that's a great question. So you are wanting to continue running because it's something that you enjoy doing, but you want to start including some strength workouts to make progress with your body composition is what it sounds like. Now, I know sometimes I can be a little bit hard on cardio and tell you to stop doing so much cardio, but if it's something that you enjoy, it's not that you shouldn't be doing it. You can absolutely do it. For a lot of people, just like for you, it can help mentally. It's something that you just enjoy doing. You enjoy the struggle of the cardio, and that's amazing. But if you have body composition goals as well, my big thing is just making sure that you are adding some strength because the strength is what's going to improve your body composition and help aid in fat loss far more than cardio. I'd much rather see you doing strength work because you're going to cause you're going to create better fat loss through that than you are from just doing a bunch of cardio. But if you're just getting started, you want to continue running, but you want to start adding in some strength, I would look at just adding 2 to 3 full body workouts per day in terms of strength work. Now that's not a lot, but it's plenty. I'd focus on compound movement, making sure you're including all seven of the big compound variations that your body is capable of just to make sure you're hitting all of your body parts and just start focusing on the form. So those seven compound variations are a squat variation, a single leg squat variation, a hip hinge variation, a vertical press variation, a horizontal press variation, a vertical pull variation, and a horizontal pull variation. That's gonna hit your entire body. I would try to do, at least hit every body part at least twice per week. So two full body sessions per week or even up to three full body sessions per week. Now, I am dropping FFD. It might be out by the time that I release this podcast, actually. If it is out, I will leave it down below in the link below. Actually, disregard that. It's not gonna be out quite yet. I'm going to release it on this upcoming Tuesday after this podcast. So if you're listening to this podcast today that drops on Thursday, FFD is going to come out on the following Tuesday. I'm just getting ahead on podcasts, so I forget when they're dropping. So I'm trying to figure out those timelines as I'm sitting here talking. But anyway, FFD is going to be a three-day-per-week strength program um, for females that includes all seven of those exercise variations. It teaches you how much weight to use. It shows you how to progress inside of your workouts from week to week to make sure that you're making progress. It gives you proper warm-ups. It gives you videos to every single exercise um, just so that you're confident in the gym, you know exactly what you're doing. It's basically a personal trainer in your pocket for 12 weeks guiding you through your workouts and exactly what to do in every single one of them. So um, that would be a great program for you to start on, something like FFD, something that's three days per week, even two days per week could potentially work too just as you're new but as you get going you're going to want to add a little bit more over time. But just make sure you're hitting all those compound variations, you're aiming to get the form down first and foremost. And as you get comfortable with the form and comfortable with the movements, then we want to start getting stronger at those movements over time within all seven of those different um, movement variations that your body's capable of that's going to hit every muscle group inside of your body. So if you have further questions with that, let me know. FFD will be dropping on Tuesday, which would be a great thing for you to pick up. Um, again, just because it's basically a personal trainer in your pocket that's going to walk you through every single workout for 12 weeks to make sure that you are making progress and changing your body composition. What happens with a lot of us, and this is when I very first started, I started training a lot, but my body wasn't actually changing. 
because I wasn't implementing the correct things. I wasn't hitting all those uh, movement variations. I wasn't progressing. I wasn't doing the form correctly. And I would just go in and kind of wing each workout and do different things all the time. So I was never actually making progress, which is actually creating improvements inside of my body composition. And that can be very frustrating because you're basically wasting your time. So if you'll get a program that you just have to follow the blueprint and you know as long as you follow it, it's going to get you the result that you want, that creates a lot more motivation and it gives you purpose and it gets you excited because you just simply have to follow along and you'll get exactly where you're trying to go instead of wasting a bunch of time and just throwing a dart at a dartboard with blindfolds on and hoping that you hit the right spot to make progress. So that would be my suggestion. Two or three full body workouts per week and you will be golden and you just want to aim to get good at the form and then start to um, progress those workouts and get stronger over time. Um, as far as your running goes, you can stay running, but I really wouldn't be trying to do like two or three full strength sessions per week and running every single day. So maybe if you're doing two to three strength sessions per week, I would do two to three running sessions per week as well. And that would be a good mix up. I typically like to see three strength sessions to one cardio session. But if you really enjoy running, you can up that a little bit. Just be mindful of your recovery, how you're feeling, your hunger levels, all of those different types of things and adjust accordingly. If you're getting overly stressed, if you're overly sore, if your runs are hindering your strength workouts or your strength workouts are hindering your runs, you're going to have to play with that ratio of cardio to strength a little bit. If your goal is to change your body composition, I would urge you to focus a little bit more on the strength and lighten up the cardio. But if you really love the cardio just because it's what you love to do, you love to run, you could prioritize the cardio. Just understand that um, it's not going to aid your body in terms of building muscle, getting stronger, creating the toned or defined look that most of us are looking for. It's not going to aid in that as much. So hopefully that helps. And we are right in that 20 to 30 minute range where I like these Q&A episodes to finish off at. So we're not going to do any more. I do have a few more questions here that I will get into next week. So like I said, if you guys have any questions that you'd like me to go over here on the podcast, shoot me an email. My email is always linked down below. Ask me your questions. I'll get back to you via email and answer your questions for you there, as well as bring them on the podcast if they are questions that might help other people too. So I appreciate all of you guys for listening. Like I said, if you could share this podcast on your social medias or just with somebody that you know that might be able to benefit from it, I would greatly appreciate that. So I appreciate you all. Hopefully you have a great rest of your day and I'll talk with you soon.